0: Big stories, big guests, the big picture. Afternoons with Rob Brinkinridge. Weekdays 1230 to 3, 770 CHQR.
1: Well, I think we all know, and especially obviously if you had kids in minor sports, the cost of, of minor sports has been going up in recent years. But there's also another trend happening where there's kind of that, that elite level the professionalization of youth sports, as some have been calling it, where things are really getting out of hand. And it's, it's quite dramatic. There's a quote from Wayne Gretzky in this uh, article here we're going to be talking about. Uh, Gretzky uh, said to the CBC, a time the cost of hockey, says, I can remember my dad borrowing money from my grandmother to buy me a pair of skates for $25 or buy me a new hockey stick for three ninety nine. I mean, if Gretzky were a kid today, In similar circumstances, would he even have a hope of making the NHL? I mean, I don't know. Maybe he's good enough uh, that he could have gone through it. Now, conversely, an article recently says the parents of Patrick Kane, Chicago Blackhawks superstar, estimated their investment in his minor league career, which has been to the U.S., to be $250,000. Now, he's making big money in the NHL, so maybe it was a good investment. But why are parents spending so much? And look, it's not just hockey either, Uh, but we've got academies now. We've got elite-level training now available. So it's not just a case of several hundred dollars that you got to pay to sign your kid up for a season. We're talking several thousand, even tens of thousands of dollars each and every year that some parents are spending on their kids and increasingly at the professional level. We're seeing a a higher and higher percentage of those athletes having come up through this system. So this isn't going away anytime soon. So Post Media has done a series on this. It's called The Money Pit. My professionalization of youth sports is worrisome. Joining us on the line is uh, J.J. Adams, uh, Deputy Sports Editor with the Vancouver Sun, Post Media. J.J., thanks for joining us here. Welcome to the program.
0: No problem. Good afternoon.
1: Uh, like I say i mean it 's not just hockey the piece today looks at uh, looks at soccer looks at basketball where this is happening too, but what was the impetus uh, from from your perspective for investigating this?
0: Well uh, like a lot of us stories it, it came about anecdotally um, a, a minor league team a minor hockey team was talking about uh, playing one of these new academy teams and uh, and and beating them soundly and the 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 reason that was a shock was because uh, this this academy team, uh, all their best players were playing in another level, an elite level, the the league called the CSSHL. So we just started digging a little further and realizing that more and more players were getting drafted into junior leagues out of the CSSHL. And so we just decided to take a look at some of the uh, the most popular. participation sports in basketball, soccer, and and hockey, and just to see what we got. And and what we found was there is this increasing trend of people paying exorbitant amounts of money uh, to get their child to the elite level. And if they want their child to get this elite level, it's trending in the direction that you have to start spending this money Otherwise, you're going to be left behind developmentally.
1: Yeah, it's quite stunning. As you point out in the piece, in the most recent WHL Bantam draft, nine of the first ten players came from these academy programs.
0: Mm -hmm. That's correct. Uh, And it's no surprise as to uh, why this is happening because uh, the academy model uh, in itself is, is actually quite effective. Uh, if you compare it to a traditional route, say, a you know, minor hockey league where you play uh, bantam and midget and, and then go on to junior from there, uh, what happens is with these academy teams is you are on the ice five days a week practicing with your team, your your school and your schooling and your your ice time is combined. And in addition to your ice time, you also have – the uh, the other stuff, the the power skating, the dry land training, the the strength and conditioning, uh, the kind of things that you don't get with a minor league program. And the fact that the CSIS Hotel runs pretty much year-round during the school year, uh, and you compare that to the usual minor hockey season, which is much shorter. And, And there's no question that these kids are going to develop faster and therefore catch the eyes of the scouts and then get drafted into the uh, the CFA, or to the junior A and uh, major junior leagues,
1: right? And I mean, as you say, as you point out in this piece, because these academies with the money they're they're bringing in, they can afford to hire top of the line coaches. They can afford to hire experts in nutrition, experts in in medical uh, support, experts in sports science. So all these different advantages, right?
0: Yeah, absolutely. Like I mean, I mean, locally for you guys, uh, the Edge Academy. Uh, a great example. They play in the CSFHL. Uh, their baseline tuition, I believe, about eighteen thousand dollars a year for the high school uh, age, and then on top of that, it's another twelve to sixteen thousand to be part of their hockey program. Yeah. Uh, I mean, uh, that I, I don't know about you. I'm I consider myself middle class, uh, and there's no way I could afford that. My 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 child would not be playing. For the educated, it just isn't feasible for the the average person. Um, But uh, that seems to be the way it's trending. Um, There was there was was a great story in the uh, the Hamilton Spectator uh, last year, the year before. They took a look at OHL teams and the demographics of where the players were coming from, and uh, I think they found that something like 80% came from families with above average or affluent incomes and areas where there wasn't a lot of homelessness or, or poverty, these were all kids coming from, you know, upper middle class, affluent families at 80%. And that, that was two years ago. It, right. it, it's, it's only gotten, you know, more pronounced since then.
1: Well, that's the thing. I mean, sports always been seen as a great equalizer—that yeah. you can come from a, a background of remarkable poverty, but if you're if you're good at your sport, you can succeed, you can you can thrive, you can go on to be a, a professional. But uh, that, that's becoming less and less the case, it seems.
0: Yeah. Well, let, let's be clear. I mean, Wayne Gretzky, uh, I think, might have been identified early on as a. a, a A skilled player with the potential to make it like and he might have gotten some assistance uh, to get access to this training so i i think you know the 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 cream will will rise to the top and i think if you're a a good athlete no matter what your sport you you probably will get identified somehow and they will find a way to get you but you know if you don't show those flashes flashes early on if you're a, a late bloomer uh, you know, the the road for you might end uh, sooner now than it might have, you know, 10 years ago.
1: Well, that's an interesting point, though, because, you know, as you pointed out, some of these academies' annual costs are running well into the tens of thousands of dollars. But but do any of them offer scholarship programs, financial assistance to to uh, families where, where there are kids who have potential but they don't have the financial means to attend?
0: I think that depends on the specific academy. I know some do offer scholarships, uh, some don't. Um, And it's specific to each academy. Uh, I know there are some areas that are are doing their best to try and uh, make it accessible for local players instead of uh, kids coming from other areas to play for their team or other countries. because one thing about the academy is uh, it, it, there is no uh, geographical restrictions as to where you can come from to place the team uh, in, in BC minor hockey you have to play in the catch area there's no such restriction with uh, with the uh, these academy team and uh, for example of uh, you know most trying there is an academy in Kimberley it's actually girls only right now but they only offer scholarships to local kids, and uh, their baseline fees are about ten thousand. But if you're coming from somewhere else, uh, like for example, they've got a girl from Iceland. Uh, you know, you're looking at thirty thousand dollars. Wow. But that that local kid may get a, a scholarship where it's only, you know, it's more. Uh, I, I hesitate to use the word affordable, but you know, instead of thirty thousand dollars, it might cost you, you know, between six and twelve for your your daughter to play on their team.
1: And when it comes to, to basketball and soccer, which, you know, there's certainly a lot of kids involved in those sports in this country, and, and we see similar trends, but is, is the model a little different for, for elite soccer players, elite basketball players?
0: Oh, absolutely. Uh, we took a look at these, these three different sports, and they all have very different traditional models as to how you get to the next level. Uh, with hockey, it is traditionally Meyer Hockey in a Academy, with Basketball, it used to be the provincial rep team under the Canada basketball umbrella. Uh, but what we're seeing now is more and more kids playing on club teams, on traveling teams, going down to the states and playing in these AAU tournaments, getting exposure to um, NCAA coaches um, in, in, in soccer. Uh, it's a very European model. A lot of teams like uh, say the Whitecaps or FC Dallas is a great example. They have, um, basically, from, from the top down, they've got their MLS team, and everything below it is designed to keep players up to it. So they have you know, soccer for kids aged you know, six and seven, and then from there, they can go up these progressive levels uh, until they're part of the resident team in high school. And their aim is to develop, pretty much, their entire roster from homegrown players. So eventually, that's, yeah. that's their goal. Um, So there's different ways of getting to the top in in different sports. Um, With with basketball and the the club teams, uh, I think that the fear is uh, that we will trend too far in the direction of these uh, traveling teams, like in the States where we see AAU basketball have such a a huge presence. And it's become a, a massive problem down there because it seems to be about player development and more about business. It's a, a billion-dollar business. Make no mistake, it's about money. It's not about the players. Uh, they're recruiting players just to improve their brand and, and, and make money, get shoe contracts. That's what they're playing for. They're not trying to develop these players for the next level because they're going to go there. It's all about the money.
1: Yeah. No, it's a lot of money. Uh, VancouverSun.com. Uh, JJ, thanks for joining us here today. Really appreciate this. No problem. Thanks a lot, Rob. All right. Uh, take care. J.J. Adams, Deputy Sports Editor with the Vancouver Sun, VancouverSun.com. Uh, so part of this post-media investigation, uh, looking at hockey, basketball, soccer, and what's become a, a an expanding, uh, expensive elite level. Again, look, I mean, you, you know, you're not obligated to send your kids to this if so you don't want to. I, I think a lot of people doing it sort of have dreams of professional sports or maybe even a college scholarship. I suppose the latter is a little more reasonable than the former. Or maybe it's a, a lot of families who just have the means and uh, say, yeah, well, you know what, let's send our kids there. Sounds like fun. So, yeah, as he mentioned, there's the Edge Academy in, in Calgary. The Banff uh, Academy is well known. Uh, but there's a lot of new ones, and that's what's so interesting is just in recent years how many of these have popped up. So looking just in, in B.C., you've got the Okanagan Hockey Academy. That goes back to 2009. $30,000 annual uh, tuition for that. Uh, but then you got uh, the Delta Hockey Academy, the Yale Hockey Academy, uh, Burnaby Winter Club as well uh, that came online in 2013. 2014, you had the Pacific Coast Hockey Academy, the Shawinigan Lake School uh, that started up. Then in 2016, you had the West Van Academy start up. Uh, 2017, you have the St. George's School start up. Uh, the Kimberly Academy that he mentioned uh, that's for girls only is, is fairly recent too. There's a lot more of this. And there's a lot of money. Kimberly Academy is quite affordable by comparison, $6,000. Um, otherwise, the Shawinigan uh, Lake School, up to $60,000 a year, $30,000 for the Okanagan Hockey Academy. It's not cheap. But as we're seeing, once you get into major junior professional sports, more and more uh, of these players have come that route. And I guess it's getting harder and harder for those who don't have the means to go that route to, to crack those top levels. All four eight two five five is a number. We are back with more right after this.
0: Afternoons with Rob Breckenridge, starting at 1230 on News Talk 770 Calgary.